This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome back to the Mark Podcast. This is Kelly King, and I'm here with my co-host, Elizabeth Hyman. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Hey, we're still kind of recording away from the away from the building, but we're we're right. making it, and we're so we we do want to always say that maybe the audio may not be as good as what we've had in the past, but we are doing our very best. But we're excited that you've joined us again today. We have a really special guest with us today and we know that a lot of you are familiar with Angie Smith but Angie welcome to the Mark podcast. Hey thanks for having me. Yeah well one of the things that we like to do is you know we could go on and on and give the intro but we just want to hear from you like tell us a little bit about you your family your ministry and so we get to know you a bit. Sure um I actually love that you do that because it's really bizarre to hear your bio (laughs) also sounds much more impressive than it is. Um, so yes, I'm Angie. Um, I'm married to Todd Smith. I have five living daughters. Um, sorry, four living daughters, five total. Um, and that was actually kind of, that was how my ministry started was with my daughter, Audrey. Um, and some people might know this, but we found pregnancy that she was what they called incompatible with life. And so um, we carried her. She lived for a few hours. Um, but I just kind of started blogging during that time, which is sort of what led to what I'm doing now. Um, and we live in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm trying to think of other like interesting things. I think that's the gist of me. Well, that's a, that's a good short way to, to yeah. sum it all up. Yeah, absolutely. Normally it's like, she went to Vanderbilt University and has her master's <laughs> in development. It's like, it's like this voice that sounds very like, so I, yes, I have a, I, yes, I have a degree in kids that is not helping me parent at all, but technically I do. So I'll add that in. There you go. There you go. Well, so we, we know some of your faith story, but for those who may not know about how you came to know Jesus, can you share us with us that story? Oh, wait, is this like a Christian podcast? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Um, I, yes, <laughs> I, um, it's, I, I guess it's kind of a different story from a lot of people. I mean, I wasn't raised in the church, um, not a great family, but it just church wasn't, Jesus wasn't a part of our upbringing. Um, and so when I was at Vandy, which is kind of why I brought that up, um, I was studying and had been in a, to be honest, I, don't, I mean, I don't always tell this whole story, but I had been in a really abusive relationship um, for about six years. And we were living here um, in Nashville while I was in school. And I had some sweet neighbors in my apartment complex who'd become friends with one of my friends. And they invited me to a Bible study, which I literally didn't know even what that was. I, yeah, it was kind of a mess. Um, but I ended up going and they were super kind. We did Beth Morris breaking free, which I always joke about. I'm like, that's a great, the first Bible study. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's dig deep. Right. 
Um, so we were doing that and went to a singles retreat. I love this part because two of my friends were trying to land the same guy. So I basically only went because I thought there might be a cat fight. It sounded terrible. I don't know who would ever want to go to a Christian retreat, but the punchline is that I ended up marrying the guy that they were trying to fight over. Well, that's even better. I did not know that. That's great. (laughs) And we started dating. I would have said I was a believer. I had gone through um, RCIA, which is basically how you become Catholic when you're an adult. And for a year, I, I loved it. I was so passionate about it. So I would have used the term believer, but even after Todd and I started dating, there was a moment, January 17th, where I sat in my car and it was raining and all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is what this is. So that's the moment that I would remember as like the, you know, I almost said the marking point. And I was like, I wasn't trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to be punny right there. But yeah, that night was definitely um, the night that I would say I had a moment and became a believer. Incidentally, um, Todd was watching a historical movie that he couldn't get at his house. And so he stayed in my family room. I went to bed, closed the door. Don't worry, nothing inappropriate. And um, he accidentally forgot to blow out the candles and set my apartment on fire. So that was amazing. I'm like, I love that Satan is so clever that he uses fire. And that's so different from, (laughs) no. But anyway, everything was fine, but it was... It was an interesting night. So I guess you could say that the um, obvious spiritual battle started real early. Wow. I think that's really interesting that you said that you went to a Bible study and you weren't really a believer. And I think sometimes women are, they're nervous about asking women to come to a Bible study Yeah, um, because they think, oh, well, they have to know this or know that. And, and yet sometimes we really like, people who are seeking or just want to find community, we should yeah. never forget that we could just, you know, invite people that need to know the Lord and yes. that they're going to be digging into God's word and they're going to have truth. So absolutely, which is such a good kind of segue even into thinking about your first Bible study, which was seamless because that is one of the Bible studies at Lifeway that we just go, this is a study every woman needs to do. And if you are new in the faith, this is a study you need to do. And so when did that enter your mind when you were thinking about seamless and you know how you wanted to study scripture in that way? I, I definitely think it came into mind that it was something that uh, the idea was something that I would have loved to have a believer. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that actual new believers or believers would do it. So I guess the answer is twofold. I really, um, I didn't have any expectations other than I genuinely felt like the Lord was calling me to do it. And as far as big things there, I could number on two hands, the amount of times that I have felt that strongly. Um, And so I knew I was, that it was something that I wanted to do out of my own personal passion, but it is the most humbling I mean, if you picture me in graduate school sitting crisscross applesauce in the Lifeway kids section, trying to like skim through picture Bibles to understand like, okay, so who was this? When did this happen? And then like graduating to the ones that had some words and some pictures, like this came from a heart of genuine desire to understand and zero background in it. So 
that that was what I was so passionate about is that it's hard to read the Bible. And, it, yeah. you know, I didn't understand it was one story. I, genuinely, I didn't know the Old Testament for you. And I think too, to your point, which means a lot to me is I think so much of inviting someone to a Bible study, especially if you know for sure they're not a believer, it's so much about your relationship and your tone and your, you know, that this isn't, I'm making you a project and I'd really like for you to come so that you can get saved. Like no one ever made me feel that way. And so I think it was so kind and relational that I didn't feel like a project. And so I've always remembered that for myself, um, that I just think the approach is so important. Um, and so I've always prayed that seamless would be uh, for those who, you know, make that brave step to do it, especially non-believers that it would just sort of be a safe place to land. So I still pray that. Yeah. And that kind of goes with one of the questions I was going to ask too, is what are some things that the other members of the Bible study did that helped you to continue to come back? Cause I feel like I mean, like you said, that's not an easy Bible study to just jump into. So what are some things that they may have done or maybe some things that they did not do that helped you to still want to come back through the whole Bible study? That's a great, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Um, Definitely there was great food. Also, there were some (laughs) people, I feel like, honestly, there was something about the way that they related to each other that I didn't feel like I had. Um, I never felt excluded, even though most of them had known each other before. And um, at that point, I feel like one of the things they did really well was not just making it, we're going to read the scripture, we're going to do this, you have to memorize this, which is, I don't know why, why, but I, that's kind of how I imagined it. And it was mm-hmm. a genuine, we are so glad you're here. Like, here's how you do it here. Listen, don't be stressed. You don't know where Hebrews is. Half of us don't like, let's just, I mean, I brought my precious moments Bible. Let's be honest <laughs> to the second meeting. Cause no one told me to bring a Bible to the first. And how do you know that a Bible study includes a Bible? I don't know. Yeah. Should have given me that in the fine print. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like, again, so much of it was, um, I never felt like I walked in and everyone was staring at me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the non-believers here. Okay, what are we going to, you know, it just was very like communal and genuine and people were, they broke through things that, it, you know, and we live in the South, right? Like it's mm-hmm. adorable to be like, let's talk about our hard stuff. Um, McKinley did this today, like, and I can't do the that. It was like, here's what I'm dealing with and it's mm-hmm. rough. And I think just as someone who, who goes there automatically, that was so, it meant so much to me that I was like, oh, this, this Jesus is real because they're showing up to talk about real hard life stuff in a place they trust to a God they believe in. And mm. to me, I was like, okay, this is genuine. I think they were living it out really well. They're also really fun. <laughs> I think yeah. adds to it. Uh-huh. I think those are like, that is so good for any woman to hear who may be Mm -hmm. thinking about doing a Bible study or leading a study. And I loved how you said, like, you weren't a project. I mean, they saw Mm -hmm. you as a friend. I mean, they just saw you as someone like them and joined us. And that, we make it, we make it too hard, don't we, sometimes. Yeah. And that's a great way to say it. 
Yeah. And I think too, just like, even like you said, somewhat jokingly, but they had good food and they had fun. And I think a lot of times we end up forgetting that, especially when we're inviting new believers or people that are not Christians yet. And we're like, oh, we have to focus and get this person saved. And we forget about like, they're human beings. They like to have good snacks. They like to laugh. Like, and, and to just think that even that those ministries of snacks is Seriously, part of, it cut out right yeah. when you were saying that. You were like, and I know you're kidding, but, and it paused. I was like, I hope she's talking about snacks. And then it came <laughs> back around. So if you did and I didn't laugh, it's just because you were frozen. Yes to the snacks. Yes. It's, I think that there's <laughs> ministry there to, to having good snacks and to, you know, even that is important in, um, in helping people to know that we are real people yeah. and we have real issues. And it just feels welcome. Yes. You know, like you walk in and everyone's, I also like, I, have I don't like when things are super quiet when I walk in and there are a lot of people and there's sort of that like awkward, whatever. This was like, there was sweet music playing. There was food. Like it didn't feel like what I thought it would feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I think there's a lot about, um, I'm I'm blanking on the word, but just making it feel like a safe and warm place that regardless of what you were doing, you'd want to be there. Yeah. Hospitality, opening up. Yeah. That's where, that's what it was. You should write books, Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah. You should be an editor or something. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I think that kind of even leads into our conversation about your new study, which Mm -hmm. is going to be matchless because it's about the life and love of Jesus. And isn't that Mm -hmm. kind of what Jesus did to welcome people and he he went and ate with the sinners and tax collectors yeah. and and so tell us a little bit about matchless and about the study and what women can expect from it yeah um well the first thing that i and it's so funny this is probably the first like actual i'm getting sweaty um this is probably the first time i've actually this is my first interview talking about it um so it's still really raw um, mostly because I just wrote it during the hardest time of my life. Um, I lost my father. Um, I lost my mother two months later, but, uh, but she was a hundred. So I'm like, you know what? The woman kicked it for, you know, several decades and she was amazing. Um, my dad was, that was not, you know, an expected turn in my life. I always thought he'd be at my kid's weddings. I always thought he would just be around. Um, And so I think that it was a study where I lost a father and just had to remember my real father. Um, My dad was really easy to lean on and was my hero. And so there's definitely um, a wrestling that happens in Matchless that I think is probably true to the way that other people wrestle in their lives, but it just, it, that one is just tender to me. It always will, because it was partly me working out things that, um, were brutally honest. I mean, and it's, it's, it's sort of like that study, you know, I didn't show up to put in fill in the blanks. Um, none of the Bible teachers that I know and respect do that. And that's why, I mean, I get to travel and meet these people all the time. And that's what I love is that it isn't just a fill in the blank. Um, and so for this one, I feel like it's just different. I feel like people are kind of walking on a journey with me, with Christ. Um, and so it was, 
it just, it felt really different to write. And I think part of it was the Lord saying, I want you to know how true this is and who I am in ways that maybe you haven't. And this is the time that I've chosen. And so this is how you're going to communicate that. And Lifeway was absolutely ridiculously gracious. Um, I blew past every deadline they put in front of me. And it was never a question. It was always do what is most important. This is your gospel work right now. This, this can be put aside. And I think as a result, it was written at the time it was supposed to be. I, I will be forever grateful for that. But yeah, and so that's, that's kind of my heart behind it. I, I'm not doing a great job of describing the actual study, but I think that there was just such heart behind it that I hope that that translates. I hope that people love their father as much as I loved mine. Um in an eternal sense and in a true sense and in a, this was a real man who sat on a hillside and taught and went to the least likely and did the hardest and worst and most beautiful thing that's ever happened or will ever happen. But he was a real man. And that the more time I spent in scripture and the more time I studied I think I just understood that differently. Like it's one thing on paper and it's another thing to read it and think, you know what? These, you know, you read about Judas or just the things that are happening, people, he did all the things. And I think what we forget is like, they were actually, they were eating together. Like they knew the person who was the most likely to have to like stop and pee. Like they were (laughs) real friends. These are a group of people who live normal life together for years. And just that humanity and imagining what that looked like in some way was new to me. Um, Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, that was a long answer, but just that the humanity and deity of Christ would come out. That's my prayer that it would come out in a way that's maybe new or helpful or, um, I don't know, just that means something to people who read it. It was a hard one. It was a hard one to write. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, um, because Jennifer Rothschild has a new study out on Haggai Mm. and she also lost her earthly father. Right. And, um, that's just an interesting thing that God has allowed for both mm-hmm. of you um, to go to walk through that because she talks about him as her hero as well. Yeah. Too. And, and just, you know, what a reminder to us of the importance of our earthly dads and then to have mm-hmm. that perspective of what Jesus has done for us. Yes. Yes. And either way, I mean, I think that part of it is that I was really blessed to have a great dad. And I think, he made it easy to believe in a father, but there are a lot of people who would not say that that was their experience. And so I, I, I want to be mindful of that as well. Jennifer would say the same thing I do. In fact, every time she teaches when I've been with her, she has her father's Bible on platform with her. Um, I know that we were blessed to both have had to made that easy. Um, I'm so grateful for that. I, I, I can't imagine the complications that would come from having to sort of like rewrite what a fatherly role looks like before you become a believer. Okay. So I tweeted about this early on in the quarantine about 
how I, well, part of my job is to look for stock photos of things for blog posts. And a lot of the stock photos of things like helping and serving and loving are stock photos with people. It's people touching people, people um, mm-hmm. that are like, you know, in community together. And that's something that we're not allowed to do right now. Um, safely, right. we we can't do that. And so it's actually loving not to, but it just kind of um, made me think about how Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And he mm-hmm. came down into our world and got dirty and risked infection yep. and um, yeah. just like infection from sin, but then also like literal infection. And so yeah. he kind of risked his, I mean, he, he did die for us, but there's such a beautiful and powerful picture of that, of God um, with us and Jesus. And so I think like, while this may not have been, I don't know what the original plan was for when this was supposed to come out, but like how beautiful it is that this study of Jesus and the life and the love of him is coming mm-hmm. out. Um, after you have experienced this um, and just kind of drawn closer and and what that'll mean to women that are doing it, um, both while they're still in the pandemic and in quarantine, and then even beyond that, just to the women that have lived through this, <laughs> we know how, we know how yeah. it feels to um, be away from people that are loving. Right. And, and so to kind of, I don't know, that just, struck me as as you were talking about that like yes um, and I feel like one of the things that exactly what you said and one of the things that meant a lot to me and like actually is part of the heart behind the study is that Jesus didn't only come to die for us he came to live with us and I think that that a beautiful picture exactly what you said of there is a different heartache and a different grit and you know gravity of this world that he chose to live under Mm -hmm. and all of these things that we're going through in different ways. I mean, he went through and also now we're looking at everything that's happening with racial reconciliation and awareness of the way that we have failed. And just, just there's like this heartache of the world that you would think, how would you, if you didn't love us that much, would you choose to ever enter such a broken world in that way? And right. yeah, I've been unprecedented trying to understand that part of Jesus. I, I think that that Elizabeth is totally where I felt emotionally and a part of what I wanted to communicate because they're different. I mean, we can think of God as deity and sort of somewhere far off. And you think about his feet actually making marks in sand and being born. Yeah. I mean, this is a real person. And that, I think it's easy to say that, and it's a different thing to really comprehend and trying to understand what that looked like. And that really is part of the mystery of the gospel too, of just Jesus as fully God and fully man. Mm -hmm. And to know that he had emotions and feelings and he bled like we bleed and he hurt like we hurt and wept like we wept. So yeah. Yep. That's so huge. Well, tell us a little bit. I'm I'm curious because I haven't gotten to see the study yet. Do you take kind of the gospel, like the four gospels, and kind of bring out things from each gospel, or how is that kind of set up? Yeah, I um, a lot of what it is 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 um, 
trying to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And pulling, just trying to show the way that Jesus was always part of the story and that he was always, you know, the, the Jews who were living in that time period before Christ, that they always had prophets and people saying the Savior is coming. And when you read this description, I mean, in Isaiah, in, in all these Old Testament books that I think we've sort of like said, okay, that's really hard to read. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I definitely struggle with that. To look back and say, oh, no, 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 wait, like, that wasn't just some obscure guy who was saying things that are hard to understand. He was talking about Jesus. Like he was talking about the coming Messiah. So they're not obscure. They're not separate from the story of Christ. So a good bit of it is sort of tied in. And then, yeah, definitely understanding the gospels, the gospel writers. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something that is embarrassing for me to say on here. And if you ask for specifics, I will not even be able to remember them. I have always thought to Mark and Luke as like being together and traveling. Like they, a couple, I don't remember, may not have ever known each other. I, oh, yeah. I didn't know that genuinely. And so it was things like that, that I bet a lot of Christians know that. I bet a lot of Christians don't, you know, that wasn't something that I ever really studied. I just read words and I'm, well, they're the gospels. Those are the four guys that are telling the story, you know? Um, so yeah. there were just things like that, that I just sort of wanted to pull out from the scripture and, you know, and just say, there's like, there's this theme here and here, here, this is actually a letter someone wrote to someone, or I don't know. I, it was difficult to write because how do you write a study <laughs> just on Jesus? Like, let me tell you everything about him. But um, to me, the heart of it <laughs> Well, you really- did write a study on the whole Bible. So you kind of, <laughs> yeah. you're peering back really. Well, I started out <laughs> ambitious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you know, instead Type of the Bible, we're talking four. But then, when you think about Jesus, Jesus is throughout the Bible. When you look at the meta narrative, I mean, Christ is in all of Scripture, so it is kind of yes. a study of the whole yeah. Scripture again, isn't it? Right. It is. Right. I need to stop that. I need to like just focus on like <laughs> one verse in like Psalm twenty-three. <laughs> it's going to be my next study. Yeah, um, I think. What I love about that too, and I love about this about Seamless as well, is while there is so much stuff that you we do say is good for the beginner at Bible study, it's also great for those of us who grew up in church and have studied the Bible because there's just so much that we still don't know and we can learn. Even if you did grow up in church, like you may hear a story for the first right. time or, you know, um, and right. connecting the dots even. A lot of times that yep. is what gets missed out on in Bible studies is the yeah. connector. So yeah, totally. That's what we love. Totally. Well, Angie, um, one question, this is the Mark podcast. So the question yes. that we always ask is what has marked you in your walk with Christ? Mm. Gosh. Oh, I so want that to be an easy answer. Um, I would say, um, this is the first thing that came to mind and it sort of goes back to that Bible study, just the unexpected beauty of feeling like I'm really loved Mm -hmm. by the body of Christ in a way that makes God feel 
more approachable and more real. Um, and I think part of that is just having gone through what I have uh, in the past, you know, this past season of my life and feeling like, oh, we really are the bride. I mean, this, this, we really are. And this isn't just something that we're putting on paper. We are, it, it's something about this communal mentality that I don't know that I've ever felt before becoming a believer. And it just changes yeah. the way you look at your brothers and in Christ. So um, that probably, that answer probably changes, but for right now, I'd say that that is what has, has marked me the most as far as something I didn't expect. Yeah. I love that. And I love, um, I love when the church is an accurate picture of the bride of Christ and how we are able to display that love. And it's, it's a, it's both an encouragement and a challenge. I feel like for us to always do that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate you, and we're looking forward. You're going to be at Life of Women Live, if that um, that may have already happened by the time this podcast comes out. But you're also going to be at the Women's Leadership. If it had been, wasn't I awesome? Yes, you were. (laughs) We're so glad that everybody joined us for that. But you're also going to be at the (laughs) Women's Leadership Forum in November, so we're excited about that too, and praying that we just get to you know through all this virus that we can still have live yes. at some point in our life because you know that's another thing when you talk about community and, and Elizabeth alluded to this too of just those photos like we really were meant to be together right mm-hmm. that's so important um but we do want people to find matchless and they can go to lifeway.com and I think just lifeway.com slash matchless and you can find out more yeah. information about that and Angie thank you for being one of our just most loved authors and we we love you and we are just praying for this study to impact the the body the same way that seamless has thank you so much Kelly. that means a lot to me well thanks again for joining us today on the mark podcast and elizabeth and i will look forward to hearing from you soon thanks again likewise thank you bye bye Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.